This is the official podcast for casual anime fanatics. On today's episode, we're diving deep into Jujutsu Kaisen Season 2, Episode 3, titled Hidden Inventory 3. Anime fans, and welcome to that anime podcast for casual anime fanatics, where we talk all things anime in a fun and uncensored fashion for your listening pleasure. I'm your host, Jordo, and here with me, as always, is my co host and Ken, the baby brother Brennan, here to talk to you about Jujutsu Kaisen Season 2, Episode 3. If this is your first time tuning in ever, welcome to that anime podcast. With JJK Season 2 now airing, you can count on us to release podcast episodes dedicated to the new episode each week. So be sure to tell everyone you know that watches Jujutsu Kaisen to follow along on our weekly podcast as we talk about each episode. And if you haven't already, please, oh please, give us a 5-star review on Apple Podcasts and or Spotify or wherever it is that you listen. These reviews help us reach more casual anime fanatics just like yourself, so thank you in advance for those. Brennan, what's going on with you today on this fine Sunday? I've been watching Boruto since last night and watched a few episodes today as well. We're only... Darby wanted to watch it. I don't know what she's been seeing, but she wanted to watch Boruto. So I was like, well, I guess we can Have go Have you been through. doing filler too or just canon? The only filler we've done is the very first episode just to like get, get into the swing of things. And then since then, we've just been going to the canon stuff the guidance and then we're just now starting on like the i guess it would be like the first chapter of boruto like the tuning exams because we watched like the sarada sasuke arc which isn't part of boruto yeah. but it's canon it and is I think canon we, yep we watched like one other episode somewhere that's kind of like it was mixed but yeah it's it's pretty i mean i've like i said before in the past like i've watched like all of it even the filler up to like episodes in like the 70s or 80s before i dropped it so i've seen everything we've watched so far but it's been if this was it right now it'd be good you know but there's, yeah there's, the canon stuff is good it's yeah, the it's all the filler that because we're on episode like 55 rap <laughs> we're on about episode 55 and we've probably watched 10 episodes or less right around that mark dang which is crazy to think about but other than Did that, you see that kid with the beanie that we yeah, talked about last week? He ain't even real. <laughs> I'm starting to wonder who all is real. Is the Denki kid real? Like the kid with glasses that's like part of the Kaminarimon Electric Corporation or whatever? I'm starting oh, to think. Oh, no, he's not real either. And then never heard of him. The girl, how far did you watch? The girl that turns into like the beast who has the purple hair. I'm guessing her whole team isn't real. It's like a team of all no. girls. Yeah, they're not real either. Yeah, I've started, uh, after you said that, whenever we were watching, I was like, I bet none of these teams are real besides, like, the three. If, unless your parent is related to one of the people from the last generation, probably ain't real. Literally, <laughs> yeah. The the Inashika Cho, that team is real. And then Sarada, Mitsuki, and uh, Boruto. Metal Lee's, and then obviously, Metal Lee's Metal got a real team. He's in it, but in the manga, they haven't introduced... Well, his I team. think that they introduced his team one time, 
but like Metal E hasn't had a single line in the manga. Like they showed him one time, but yeah, during the tuning exams, like he that's fights. It. Yeah, yeah. But watching yeah, that, it's, it's then, freaking. Uh, <laughs> yeah, mean, what else you been watching? Even though, just uh, I feel like I watched something else. Well, I'm watching Zom 100 still. There's only two episodes out. Did you ever end up watching that? I watched both last night in preparation for the podcast. Pretty good, right? Pretty good. I mean, I was ex- it's a good tonal for sure, and it's just different, you know? The way that you guys were describing it, I was expecting it to be m- more like Mash Lee uh, in it's, its not that. animation quality and stuff, but it's it's like MAPPA quality animation. and Don't they do it? Stuff. Is that who's doing it? I don't know. No, I thought we sure, were. But I thought we were. I was letting you know that it looked really good. I mean, definitely the binge reviewer last week was for sure. Talking, I know. I remember talking him about talking the, about the blood, the animation quality. Yeah, it's good. Like they're not. It's probably a thirteen episode, but the quality they're maintaining, like it just looks good. But what'd you think? It's it's awesome. I mean, I'll watch any good zombie you know apocalypse show it's all it's always makes for an interesting because obviously the stakes in any zombie thing are high yeah they're and they're there. high in this show but they make a joke of it but they're serious about their animation and their character development you can tell so i'm definitely going to be watching it weekly yeah i mean it's just a it's a popular scenario but yeah in today's day and age you know you got to find a good way to make a refreshing take on it too and this mm-hmm. it's refreshing enough like because they're People are taking it seriously. Serious stuff happens. Like in episode two, I guess we talk spoilers on this just because, you know, (laughs) we did a couple episodes ago, like, he meets those people, you know, that are also still alive, and then, like, by the time he gets back, they died. So it's like a serious subject Uh matter. It's literally just his outlook on it, which I guess at the end of this episode, we got a better view. It's just, like, the hundred things he wants to do before he becomes a zombie, like. So he's... Kind of in the mindset of like, well, shit, like eventually in this world, like we're all going to become zombies. Like, I'm going to try to do these things first, mm-hmm. which is, I mean, it's not that crazy of an outlook. It's maybe better, easier to live that way than be like the other girl who's just like straight survival, you know? Yeah, I'd be like the other girl for sure. I would <laughs> but... for a while, for a while, I would, no doubt, but I would for sure have gotten that sweet soccer cake or whatever that she didn't get oh yeah the soccer mochi gotta have a little bit of sugar i mean i get it it's important but shit you gotta live for something <laughs> yeah we gotta talk about how much how normal do you think it is that people have these exploitative corporate like are these exploitative companies in japan like at this level where they just don't let their employees go home like it's crazy to think that there's possibly people out there that have a job that they have that's like that, that they're literally trapped in. I mean, they were talking about working like 150 unpaid hours in a month, 200 hours. We're not from there. Can't say I know the work culture is crazy. And I know like, you know, working, you know, 50, 60 hours is probably pretty commonplace. I know they're modernizing too, but yeah, a lot of people get stuck at their first job too. And, but it goes kind of both ways. Like you can't, uh, I've seen some stuff like you can't get fired either in Japan, really. Like, so if you're just a low performer, you're just like, they just have to deal with you. So not to say you should take advantage of your workers, but you know, you kind of get the, like you have the job security, but you can't really leave either. And that may be like a cultural thing where it's like, well, why'd you leave your last company? You didn't like it. You know, you didn't, 
yeah get along with people well you're not gonna you're just gonna leave us you know well, and he talked about how like he would leave but he didn't want to leave the rest of his team with all the extra work and so like that makes sense because yeah the japanese culture is very much like they view themselves as a society as a whole and not individuals and so that that made a lot of sense they probably the people that have those shitty jobs don't want to leave because it's just going to make it worse for everyone that stays yeah and it's <laughs> relatable for sure like not to say that I'm over here or anybody. I mean, there's people that work crazy hours, but like even people who hate their jobs or, you know, just work like 40, you know, sometimes they can feel guilty going on vacation because they know it's just like, oh, well, they have to pick up their work kind of thing. Mm-hmm. So it's relatable in that aspect, not to the degree, but I think anybody who works like, you know, an office type job can relate or really any job where, you know, people are picking up your slack. Yeah. Well, I watched, uh, have you started watching Mushoku Tensei yet? Mushoku yet. Tensei? I know I'm saying that wrong. You need to start that. And then um, it's, it's super good. And then I watched the movie, the Black Clover movie on Netflix, Sword of the Wizard King. And I said last week that I'll wait to say something until I finished it. So I finally finished it. And like, I, like my stance has always been on like filler movies and stuff, it's like... The movie itself was okay. Like, it was okay. But just knowing that it's not, like, actually part of the story, but it could be, it just takes it, it makes it feel irrelevant to me. Like, it was cool to see the characters I mean, that's and what stuff, you gotta but watch it just it feels for. like it's fake. That's, like, that's the same with all the Naruto movies. They're all filler besides the last in Boruto. Like, all, every other one, there's, like, double digits probably, like, 10 or 12 of these things between Shippuden and Boruto or regular Naruto, and they're all filler, but it's just, yeah, you just got to watch it for the characters to be like, ah, even though I just want to spend some time <laughs> with the characters, but yeah, just gives it's just a different weird feeling to me. from watching it. Well, especially today's modern age where there's shit coming out that's like straight canon, and they just put it in well, movie form, so. And you just think about like, okay, in the timeline of the actual canon story of this, where in the world does this take place? And then you, you like figure out based on people's power levels where it takes place. And you're like, yeah, this makes zero sense that nobody would talk about this gigantic event that threatened the Clover Kingdom like it was nothing. Like it's just, that's what bothers me about these filler movies. It's like, they're so absurd that I just can't get past that. And I know that a lot of people, like you said, it's just all about getting to watch the characters. And that makes sense to me. But just to come out and make the movie when there's so many things that they could make that are actually real to like true to anime, it's just like why don't they just stick just on the, the old the school, real stuff? The old school way of doing it, I think. I don't know. Because all the Dragon Ball Z movies besides I mean, I know they've canonized a few, but a lot of the old ones, I think like Lord Slug and even all the coolers, like I don't think any of those are canon canon. Most of them could fit in with the canon, but I don't think they are. Yeah. I know, like, the Broly one is now. I think a lot of the newer ones, but all those ones back in, like, the old animation style from the Z era aren't canon. Yeah, I guess it is. It's just people just get used to doing it, and they can make money doing it, so they'll just keep doing it. But we don't have any anime news this week since Colton is he's working today. The only thing I, th- shit, the only thing I thought of was, did you see the new One Piece trailer? A little more detailed this time. No, I haven't seen any. Story. So you get to see, like, uh, is his name Bobo the Clown, or is that the one at the fair you dunk in the tank? You his know, name isn't Bobo. It's uh, the Chop Chop Fruit guy. 
Yeah, I know it's Buggy. It's not Bobo. Buggy the clown. Yeah, Buggy. Buggy. Yeah, Buggy the clown. We get to see him in the trailer, and we also get to see Arlong. I don't know if you ever got to Arlong Park though. Did you? Is he the shark? Yeah, he's like the shark guy. So you get to see him. So we kind of get to see like what the more zany characters are gonna look like, and they look not great, but I mean, not bad. Yeah, what can you expect? Speaking about Arlong, you know, a shark or a fish man with like a a long (laughs) nose. Uh, He looks a little bit cartoonish or (laughs) cosplay-y, but I mean, what what do we expect? Yeah, what what can you do? Uh, Yeah, and tonally, I I think it's going to fit with the tone of the show. I don't think they're going to try to darken it or anything, but... And then Nami, I said before, like I didn't like how the wig looked, but... In this trailer, it didn't look as noticeable. It looked more natural. So I'll have to watch that trailer. Yeah, it's just about, to see I think Arlong. it's like five minutes, but yeah, it's, it just gives a little bit more. The other one was just like a teaser. This one was like more so an official. And like now we know it's going all the way up to Arlong Park. So that'll cover a so it's a So it's a show. It's a series that they're doing. It's not a movie. Oh, shit. I mean, I, thought it, it was, right? I don't know. I thought it was a series, but I never confirmed. Yeah, I'm not sure. Yeah, in other One Piece news, I freaking, the last couple episodes, they've been talking about, like, Luffy's Gear 5, and uh, <laughs> I've been, like, Colton had, like, or someone had pictures last week, and I was like, I don't want to see it, like, I'm going to try to catch up, so I do need to watch, you know, 50, 70 episodes of One Piece to make sure I'm caught up by August 6th, I don't know if it'll happen, but I didn't want to see the form, but I ended up getting fucking spoiled on Facebook of all places of what it looks <laughs> like, I was pissed. Is that I've stupid? avoided it, luckily. <laughs> it's like that stupid meme where it's like, there's a dude at like a party, and there's like all these girls on a couch surrounding him, and he's on his laptop. Oh, yeah. Yeah, and then like the next picture is like the laptop, and it was what he's going to look like in Gear 5. <laughs> oh. Is it pretty cool looking? I mean, it's different for sure. Is it? Is it like Jesse was saying last week, like it's spoiling just to see the form? I don't know about that. To me, maybe. I tried. I scrolled past it as soon as I saw it. Like, I can picture it in my head, but I didn't look at the details. As soon as I saw it, and I was like, oh shit, that's Luffy. And I was like, what? And then I just was like, I'm going. So yeah. I didn't, I didn't get into it because I can still. But yeah, it's for sure different. But it looks like it will be pretty cool. Hmm. And when does that come out again? I think that August you know, off the 6th, top of your head? August 6th is what they were saying, I think. So like, Shit, soon. that's soon. <laughs> it's like yeah. two weeks away. Yeah, I know. That's why I don't know if I'll be able to be fully caught up. But maybe. We'll see. All right, well, you ready to dive into some Jujutsu Kaisen? Yep. All right, so this is episode three. And it's still titled Hidden Inventory 3, but if you'll notice on the opening, it says Hidden Inventory slash Premature Death. And it's been saying that every episode, and now we know why. Yeah, I was trying to remember last week what it said, like, whenever we were talking about it. I was like, shit, I can't remember what that said. But yeah, we do know why. Premature Death, and it's... it's or we think could we know be talking why. about Yeah, yeah it could be them. talking about Gojo, and it could be talking about Rico. But either way, I mean... I mean, we we can say they were both killed on screen. Do either of them make it? <laughs> I mean, we know Gojo somehow is alive in the future because this is a uh, a flashback series of episodes. But we'll get to the we'll get to talking about you know the details when we get there. But 
overall, what did you think of like the shock factor of this episode? Shit, I I'm coming off high, I guess. I mean, I watched it twice. I watched it yesterday, and I watched it Friday, I think, because I thought we, we thought we were gonna record Friday, but so I've watched it twice. But even after the first time I watched it, even the second time, like I was really thinking about it too. I think it's the best episode of anime I've watched in at least like <laughs> two or three years, maybe. Just as a, <laughs> as a standalone episode, it kind of had everything. I thought like a, a fight scene, shock value, which. And that may just be to do the anime we watch and do companions with. You don't always get a lot of shock value. You kind of uh-huh. get the shown. Well, there's none of that in, in Demon Slayer. There's not a lot of shock value. Yeah, I mean, you could say, you know, kind of the end was a little bit shocking, but not really. Uh, this past Demon Slayer season and then, like, My Hero, great show, obviously. Like, we, we love doing the companion, but, like, definitely nothing unexpected ever happens in that show, really. <laughs> No. So, I mean, I don't know. I just haven't found myself, like, really expecting. It had two, like, it got me twice, basically. Like, if you fucking came into this episode, you're like, yeah, I bet Gojo fucking loses and dies, and I bet Rico gets capped in the head. You're a fucking liar. I know, dude. You know what I mean? I, like, it's kind of one of those things where it's like, I just, it got me twice, basically, and I was one of the first times, like, where I really was like, damn, I've, like, I may have to watch this shit Thursday, the day it comes out. And it's good to know also that it's like, we know it's going to get resolved. Actually, I'll be pissed if they don't resolve it. If, like, it kind of ends and then it cuts back to current and Gojo's alive. Like, I need to know if he's a ghost, if he merged with Tengen, or I need to know well, why, dude, how he's breathing. There's shit going on with Ghetto and Gojo because Gojo clearly gets his ass killed here. And watching this season has made me want to go back and watch season one again too because ghetto is dude this guy is righteous he is he is an upright citizen like fights for good cares about people cares about humans and he is not that way at all in season one so so what you think they have like a hidden agenda together this whole thing's been a ploy i don't know something's going on here even in current times it's a ploy to take down the current system that's what I'm thinking. Like something, something's going on because they both refer to themselves constantly as the strongest, and they were literally willing to fight Tengen Sama. Yeah. If Rico decided she didn't want to do the assimilation, they're like, Gojo's like, "What? You scared?" He's like, "We'll just have to fight Tengen Sama. A big deal. We're the strongest." Like, yeah. and the the fact that they're saying that, but then Gojo still loses. I know he was caught by surprise and everything, but it's like. I feel yeah. like there's another humongous shock coming for us. I mean, even like a huge one. Even those are like shocks too. You, they get overshadowed by the deaths, but like the fact that they were just like, yeah, we're not going to do the assimilation. Like they decided that early on. I, I mean, that's not it's like crazy. shocking, but it's like not an attorney you'd expect, you know, or like nobody's and like, they, <laughs> again, I don't think anybody's like, I bet they won't let her do it. <laughs> I know. <laughs> you know, and then even freaking. Fushiguro, kind of a badass character. Like, I can't believe his plan worked. I know that one. Somebody, it, somebody could have maybe called that. Like, I just wasn't expecting it when he let his guard down. Like, for the sword to go through him like that. But God, dude, he's pretty OP. Well, I'm interested to learn about his power since he doesn't have cursed energy. You know what his yeah. what his whole deal is. Yeah, he's he's fucking strong. I don't know how. I don't know if he's still alive or what in the new season, but let's go ahead and dive in, like start going through this thing a little bit at a time. So the episode starts off 
with Rico Chan, she's underwater, like with fishes from her perspective. They're swimming all around her. We hear her alarm go off. She wakes up and she's being held by Gojo. And it's right when she gets that text from Kuroisan, who's been captured. So, um, basically leaves us off right where last episode ended. Ghetto feels to blame because he remembers Kuroisan and him talking. She's like, go on ahead. Like, it's more important that you get there. He leaves her behind, and that's how she gets captured. Now, Kuroisan getting captured, so later, well, we'll talk about it later. Uh, Gojo says their next move will be offering to arrange an exchange for her, something like trading Amanai Riko for Kuroisan, or saying they'll kill Kuroisan if we don't kill Amanai. But we have the leverage in any negotiation since we have Amanai. As long as they set up the location for the deal, we can make it work out. I'm taking Amanai back to Jujutsu High now. We can have Shoko or someone stand in as her body double. So he's not really worried that they have Kuroisan. He's like, we'll save her, don't worry, but we're not bringing you. And she's like, no, well, I want to go. I'm saying. That's what I was kind of <laughs> saying last week. Like, obviously, they're going to save her, but they don't really need to. Like, they do have all the leverage. Like, yes. Yeah. Yes, Tengen said, this before we knew they don't really care about Tengen, like said, yeah, do what she wants, so go try, but if in the end, if they blow her brains out, and she's upset, like, you're not going to just kill, you know, you're not going to kill Rico, too, she's still going to get taken to assimilate, <laughs> you know, so it's yeah. very, it's very, it's low stakes for them, and they're the strongest, yeah, they obviously, had, but there's no, yeah. there's no reason not to go and try, because if she does, like, you don't technically fail the mission. No, they're, they don't give a crap what happens. I mean, they do care because they're good people, but yeah. their mission has nothing to do with Kuroisan. So, But Riko-chan, she insists on going because she wants to say goodbye to Kuroisan, and she's worried. So this is the first clue we see of her actually not being excited to be assimilated. She was, like, realizing she's not going to get to say goodbye to her and thank her for everything. And so Gojo, being the soft-hearted guy that he is, he's like, you can come, but on one condition. And his conditions are always, like, absurd. But he's like, if you cry and get scared, <laughs> we're not going to care. So just know that going into it. <laughs> um, and then this, this was the weird part about the episode. And even watching it twice, I'm still a little bit like, what the hell? Next thing we know, we're having fun on the beach. And they're playing, like, this perfect soundtrack to their, <laughs> to their beach playing. Oh, it got straight like Joe Hisashi Studio Ghibli vibes whenever they were like going through the aquarium and shit. Oh yeah, yeah. Later on, going so hard on this piano ballad right now for just a one-off episode. episode. They hit the soundtrack hard on this episode. Um, so Kuroisan and Ghetto are just sitting on the beach watching Gojo and Rico Chan play in the ocean, and so right away we're like, okay, Kuroisan saved. Opening song plays. Opening song, as always. It's freaking amazing. And did you notice that in Jujutsu Kaisen, every opening that we've had... Has that little ding in the water droplet? It has water and it has fish every single time. Which is just, you know, I don't know what that means, but I'm like, I, I put that together this time. I'm like, shit, you know what? They always have freaking water and fish. Like, fish, specifically fish in the openings. I don't know about the fish. I can't remember. I mean, I remember the old ones. I don't remember the fish. Like, I remember the cat in opening two at the beginning. You remember uh, uh, Itadori sitting in the subway that's filled with water and fish swimming around his shoe at the end? 
I mean, I remember him in the subway. I don't remember the fish, though. Okay, well... I mean, I believe they're there. I just can't, like, in my head. Like, yeah, like, it's oh, like yeah, subliminally they're doing something to us. And I know MAPPA doesn't do shit on accident. I mean, it was so, a fishy episode, too. <laughs> so it turns out, Kuroisan was captured, she says, by a non-sorcerer. And she doesn't have much recollection of being attacked, either. What do you think of that? I don't know if they're just trying to brush over because it's like it's not really relevant. They just wanted to like get them here, or if it's to say like, uh, Fushiguro kidnapped her and just, or like had them bring her there just to like waste time and you know just keep Gojo using his power basically. You know what I mean? Like she was That's, never really I- under threat. Like it was, and he's the only person we know of specifically that isn't a sorcerer. Like he just kind of was like, "I'll do this. Like I can't attack right now, but it'll help." Yeah, I'm thinking the same thing. I think that they're telling us it was Fushiguro that captured her, and she says a non-sorcerer because he doesn't have cursed energy, so she probably couldn't sense anything. The only reason I, pr- the only thing that contradicts that is like he says, "I laughed when those people took you to Okinawa." Like he was just like that was just like like he was saying like that was just a cherry on top kind of thing to waste more time. So that's the only reason I'm not oh. sure. You know what I'm talking about? I thought he, he was saying that. I do remember. I thought he was saying that as in like he like implying that he led them there, but I guess yeah, you're right. He Maybe. was saying like that was just Yeah, I took it as like I couldn't believe like how lucky I was that they even made you go even further and waste even more energy kind of thing. Like I don't know. Like everything was just falling his way. Yeah. I mean, here's the thing though, like the last memory that Kuroisan has is telling Ghetto to go ahead without her, okay? And then, next thing we know, she's captured. She doesn't know who did it, has no recollection, and wasn't a cursed user. So, mm-hmm. it also could be, as just a theory, Ghetto took her. I was about to say, I thought for a second, like, when he came in, after he shot Riko-chan in the head... And he like looked a little. He almost didn't look shocked for a second, but then he did. But then he said, "Why are you here?" I thought they like knew each other, and he was like, "You're you're messing up the plan, guy." But then they, uh-huh. you know, he said to die and was gonna fight him. But for a second, I was along those lines. Like, damn, was this man in it back then? Like, this has all been a double setup. He's basically. clearly. It's so weird because he's. I don't know if they're really wanting us to trust Gato, but I don't know if we are supposed to or not. I feel like, like he's going to have just more so like a moment that, I don't know, that changes him. Then, like pain? <laughs> I mean, he had a whole childhood. Like, I don't think Ghetto's like already like has like mischievous motives. I think he's going to be more so like something's going to happen and he's going to realize like a, more like a uh, ideological difference. Like he's going to realize like I don't really align with these. Like this is more so what I believe in and I think this is what we need to do. Which we don't really know the goals of like the evil people in the current there's something, times. But there's something that they, they, they're telling us something. The fact that she was captured and they went to Okinawa and it caused Gojo to have to use his curse technique for like three days straight and not sleep. That's not on accident. Like there's no way Fushiguro got that lucky. Like somebody's pulling the strings here and it could... It, like, we're I mean, going to find lucky. out who kidnapped her, and I don't know who it is. Yeah. Some, somebody kidnapped her, and it's somebody that obviously has been on screen before. <laughs> I mean, I don't know who else could 
who else is a non-curse energy user, but... It's yeah. got to be Fushiguro or, or Ghetto. It, it has to be. There's no other way that Kuroisan would have been captured and not known who the hell it was. Yeah, I mean, it'd make more sense. And just but, fill, fill some holes better than just being like, well... That's why it's hard to know with anime. Like, sometimes they do... And it doesn't really seem like the show to just brush over something, but then again, sometimes there's shows where it's like, I didn't really need to fucking know that. Like, I'd, I, if they're going to reveal something, that's cool. If it was just like part of some fucking uh, random people trying to collect the bounty that kidnapped her and that was it, like, I'm glad they brushed over it. You know, I don't need to it just It definitely see isn't it. that, though. It's yeah. definitely like they, she got kidnapped and taken to Okinawa so that they couldn't be at Jujutsu High to wear down Gojo further. But, anyways, they go to Okinawa by plane. Gojo uses his six eyes to check out everybody on the plane, and then Geto uses his never-ending story dragon to fly outside the plane. Um, and they say that it was actually safer to be in the air while the clock expired than to be on the ground and land by a bunch of curse users. Um, it turns out that Geto and Gojo weren't the only two to come to Okinawa. First years, Nanami Kento, the blonde-haired guy, and Haibara Yu, looking like Lloyd Christmas with the bowl cut, also they, joined the fight. <laughs> I mean, they didn't really join the fight. They never. They just showed up, and then they never did anything. I know. I'm wondering what the what the point in that was too. It's weird. I mean, I know we know Nanami, but we like with you. He's got one episode to like be relevant, or I guess they could just wait. How do we know Nanami? Is that the overtime guy? Yeah, that's the overtime guy. Are you sure? Yeah. Holy shit! I never realized that. That's crazy. I guess you're right. Yeah, that's him. But then, like you, I don't think we've ever met him. I'm pretty sure. So I wonder if he's gonna get an introduction or. If it's just like literally just to show him, so now when he's in current times, we're like, oh, that's the guy that was there. But in the opening and ending, I think too, you know, he's kind of he's around, you know. Mm-hmm. Like he's passed out, and Shoko like hits him on the chest, and he's like running down the stairs and getting on the train with him. So I feel like he's relevant, but we only have one episode to wrap everything up, and there's a lot to wrap up. So how's this kid gonna? Unless he comes yeah. in and just starts freaking wrecking people next episode. Yeah. Well, he's kind of an airhead, and the airheads, I mean, we have Gojo and Itadori. They're typically strong. <laughs> so he's probably strong as hell. That or he's going to die, but then it's like, why hype him up so much? Why give him the mm-hmm. jacket, you know? Why give him the different <laughs> jacket? He's got the, he's got the fusion Super Saiyan jacket yeah, on. I know. It's like, you got to <laughs> earn that thing, so obviously he's done something. Yeah. You can't be wearing jackets like that. I mean, Dragon Ball Z, legit, they they introduced that style to the world. I mean, I don't know if, I mean, yeah, that was like in the 90s, but that's kind of a, not that short of a jacket, you're right. Like, sometimes, like, leather jackets and biker jackets, like, they're shorter, but, like, his is, like, halfway. His, yeah, his is, like, straight up shows the, the rib cage. Yeah, the go-tank style. Mm-hmm. Um... Gojo and Rigo-chan, they torment a sea cucumber, and Gojo throws it at her, and he's laughing. It's, like, actually pretty funny. And then, all of a sudden, Ghetto says it's time to go, and Gojo sees that Rigo-chan isn't ready. She's like, boo. And so he's like, let's go tomorrow instead. 
Gojo says it's fine. There's fewer curse users in Okinawa than Tokyo anyway, so it's safer. And Geto says, Satoru, you haven't released your technique since yesterday, have you? And then he like looks down and we see his eyes in the, the glowing blue col- color. He says, you haven't slept yet either, and you don't plan on sleeping tonight, do you? Are you sure you don't need to go back to Jujutsu High? Gojo says, it's not a problem. Playing through 99 years of Momutetsu was far more draining. Besides, you're here too. So Gojo really trusts Geto to have his back. Because um, he is acknowledging that, like, yeah, this shit's draining, but that's why you're here to help me. Um, after this, this is when you get the, you said the Joe Hijashi music, beautiful piano music playing while they go kayaking, walking through fields of flowers, long walks on the beach. They go to dinner. Gojo tries to dump some hot sauce into her ramen. They go to an aquarium because it's always a great place to get some brooding shots of, of some characters that or an art or an art museum where you like slowly zoom in on the face of the artwork, then back to the viewer (laughs) and then back and then back and then back. Yeah. There was a cool scene where she was like walking at the same pace as the sw- the fish and the giant like whale swimming by in the tank. That was a cool, cool scene. I don't know why. It looks good. Um, I keep, I always think about it because you know the anime, but like it looks, the show looks good. It's literally just the the detail of the like the still characters, mm-hmm. you know, but like the colors and the way they move, like everything looks really good still. Yeah, it does. Um, so they finally arrive at Jujutsu High, the foothills of Mount Mushiro. And they are now inside Jujutsu High's barrier, a.k.a. the barrier that Tengen-sama allegedly puts up. But, like, what's it even do? Like, what's the barrier even do? So what it does is that anybody that's passing through has to go through basically infinite amount of corridors and they get lost in a maze that's why Sukuna can't get that's why they could only get to the cursed fingers that Jujutsu High had if Yuji was there because they could sense the fingers inside the like in season one you know what I'm talking about I'm just trying to figure out how Fushiguro got in there so easy yeah they haven't explained that that's what I'm saying there's a lot of like questions it, here because only like, invited, is it because he's not a curse user like he's just like oh, i can just stroll on in i didn't understand I'm like what the fuck no, the, the barrier for my man just it's hit <laughs> the barrier hides it from anybody that's not invited yeah that's why i'm uh, but if they're gonna tell us that was just why i was confused i was like they're talking about all these damn barriers like apparently you just walk mm-hmm. right in if you know where it's at <laughs> ghetto says satorio You worked really hard this time. Gojo closes his eyes, releases the technique, and he says, I never want to get stuck babysitting a brat again. And literally right after he says that, you hear the stab go right through his chest. Like, this shit was, I mean, fucking, it was like right when he turned off his technique, this guy was there and just freaking zoomed in and stabbed him right right through this freaking chest. It looked like right through the heart, but... He clearly missed. We get a cool shot from Gojo's perspective of him looking down at the blade that's pierced him. And Geto, in his head, says, Impossible. We're inside Jujutsu High's barrier. Gojo turns around and says, Have we met before? And Fushiguro says, Don't worry about it. I'm terrible at remembering guys' names, too. And here we get the flashback. 
this was a freaking cool flashback too. Uh, he never so met Shigeru, him. He never met him though, so he wouldn't know his name either way. But he saw him. That's why Gojo asked, "Have we met before?" Because he he remembers seeing him that day. Oh. So Fushiguro says, "I once went to see a brat born into the Gojo clan with the six eyes on a lark." And then we see the flashback of him just standing watching them walk away, and Gojo turns around and he makes sure that he lets Fushiguro know, "Like I see you there." He says, never before or after that had anyone noticed me standing behind them. That's why I wore him down until his senses dulled. Kind and of since weird. since I watched this episode, did you notice that it shocked Fushiguro? Like his eyes like slowly went from like his usual judgy slit yeah. eyes to like wide eyed. He was like, oh, fuck, he sees me. <laughs> that was cool. It's just a weird, not weird. I just, I don't know. Just knowing Gojo, it's like giving some layers to his character. Like, I just wanted to picture that he had that kind of upbringing, you know what I mean? Like, he's kind of Oh, like, you can tell. He was, he was brought up like he was a big fucking deal from day one. Yeah, exactly. And like, <laughs> strolls around in his nice kimono, like one of them walk around with your eyes closed type kid. And somebody, yeah, you got your umbrella, you know. It just it really said, a lot about, said a lot about him in like a freaking 30 second scene, you know, just kind of about how he grew up. Yep. Like, you know the type, if, you watch, if you've watched anime, you know the type, like the prodigy. <laughs> He's like a Hugo member or something. Yep, just like Neji over here. Um, yeah, freaking cool flashback. So, Gojo blows, so back to the present, Gojo blows him away with an airburst, and Geto swallows Fushiguro with some kind of giant worm. Gojo says, I'm fine, it didn't make it in time. Or, I didn't make it in time with my technique, but it missed my vitals. And I believe he's talking about his limitless technique that doesn't allow stuff to touch him. I then strengthened myself with cursed energy so the blade couldn't be drawn out at all. It was like passing a safety pin through a knit sweater. Seriously, I'm fine. Prioritize Amunai first. I'll deal with this guy. Shuguru, you two get her to Tangensama. So do you believe him when he says he's fine, or do you think he, he was already effed up at this point? Uh, I figured he was fine. I didn't know he just, like, missed. I thought he, like, was able to, like, as soon as he felt the blade, like, start using some shit to make it pass through. I didn't really, I didn't get the, like, it was just, like, luck, where it's like, he just happened to miss, and then I reinforced. I thought he kind yeah. of, I don't know, like, you know, felt it touch his back, like, not his normal speed, but was able to, I don't know if he went like Inosuke and moved his organs, but did something of the like to make sure it did pass yeah. through safely. So I figured he was all right. Well, my second watch through, I figured he was all right. The first time, I was like, nah, he's probably fucked up from that. But then after the see, second my, time... I'm the opposite. My first time, I thought he was okay. And then the second watch, I could see... You know, in anime, if, the, if a character has a sweat bead on their face, it means they're fucking struggling. He had... He had sweat on his on his face. I thought when he, he was said, just "I'm fine." Exhausted, because then after that, he was like, "That's not the same blade he used, you know, to stab me." And what's that curse energy like? I feel like he was on edge just because like he didn't know shit about it. Like he didn't know what the fuck was yeah. going on, who this guy was, or anything. Like just took him off guard, basically. And he was just dog tired from three days of no sleep. Yeah, he was what? he was at his limits. Which I just, so if she, I feel like he could have slept uh, at least like a couple hours <laughs> and Ghetto just like stay up, you know? 
Like, yeah. is, it, is it that big of a deal to like have him stay up with like three cursed spirits around? You take a nap, and if anybody comes, you have plenty of time to wake up and you know get your shit on, turn your shit on, and then fight. Mm-hmm. I wonder yeah. what he can see with his six eyes. Like, what is it that he sees? Is it like the Byakugan and like he just has 360 view or he can see like people's intentions? Like, I'd love to have more because there's got to be a reason why they call it six eyes. Does he like have eyes on the back of his head? <laughs> like, what's. Yeah. Well, sure. I mean, when, when is he, does he start covering his eyes? Like, I know that they're going to change at some point because they're blue and they were like crystal effervescent colors and season one there's there's just so many questions around centered around gojo he's he's got to be one of the most interesting characters of all time i mean right now especially yeah, after we'll seeing see. his ass wanna, get killed i'm not saying he's not interesting i just like i don't want to get i don't want to throw him put him up there that high just yet but yeah it seems like he's on that path he's on he's on a path for sure like this show lives and dies through gojo i mean it does yeah, a little bit. Truth be told, like he is one of the more, and that's a lot of good shows. Like, it's usually not the main character that keeps people coming back. It's got to be the cast. Mm-hmm. The main character's just got to be a good surrogate to move the story forward. Yep. So Fushiguro, he cuts himself out of the worm, and now he has a new blade. And there's also a cursed spirit that's kind of like wrapped around him, and then resting on his shoulder. Uh, Fushiguro says the star plasma is gone. I'd hope to take you down with that earlier attack. I've gotten rusty. Gojo says, what are you doing here? The bounty has already been taken down, you idiot. Fushiguro says, that's because I took it down, prideful bastard. <laughs> when facing people without openings like you, you have to first create ups and downs leading to several false goals. I laughed when those star religious group men went to Okinawa. It sucked that none of the sorcerers around her died. But if I hadn't set that time limit on the bounty, you wouldn't have released your technique until the very end. Which everything he says there, one, it confirms the Star Religious Group did go to Okinawa, but maybe he doesn't know that Ghetto could have possibly been the one to take her there. I mean, who knows? Um, and he's right that Gojo wouldn't have released his technique if he thought people were only after because of the bounty. Um, Gojo tries to hit him with another airburst, but he dodges it pretty easily gojo's this is when gojo acknowledges how fast he is he's like very fast and that he also has zero cursed energy he mentions that he has a heavenly pact gifting him with physical prowess it keeps reminding me of freaking chainsaw man (laughs) what did just like the fact that he has a heavenly pack like they making packs with demons out here is this the first time that they've mentioned this word heavenly pact in the show? Or is there somebody else we know that has a heavenly pact? That's what I'm saying. Like, I can't remember if I'm just getting confused because people be making pacts with demons and chainsaw man, or if they've done been making pacts with cursed spirits. I'm sure there's somebody think, else that has a pact with a spirit somewhere in Jujutsu Kaisen. It's been a while. Oh, maybe yeah. it was from Jujutsu Kaisen Zero was a, Oh, um... Did he make a pact with... What's her name? Rika? Well... Yeah, what is his name? <laughs> Shit. Well, Rika's <laughs> the one who turned into the demon, but yeah, I can't remember, you know, main character, black hair's name, but... He, I don't know if they called it a heavenly pact, but it was like they... They worked together. It sounds new. 
But it just seems it does sound new. Because like Aki and the boys making deals with the devil for power. Uh huh. It seems like it's one of those type things. That's what I'm assuming. That's what I took it as. Like he's given something to gain the power of this cursed spirit. Well, this cursed spirit is fast and strong. I don't know if he's just fast, but he. I thought the speed was I mean, coming speed from his is, own, just like, I don't know, from squats or something. Yeah, I think that just all of his physical ability, strength, speed, agility, his ability to dodge and see things, it's all part of his physical prowess that's coming from this heavenly pact. And I'm sure we'll learn more about these heavenly pacts, because I do think that it's the first we've heard this. Um... Fushiguro goes in for another stab, but Gojo, he catches him this time, blasts him about, he blasts him with air through about three different buildings. Classic anime where you get up and be like, things are starting to get interesting. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, like as Fushiguro gets blasted, he goes from like a serious face to smiling, which is like, what the fuck's that about? Is this guy just that crazy? Just enjoys the punishment? (laughs) You see, like, it's like a, there's tons of memes with the one I always think is like, people bombing like a longboard hill and someone falls and then they like fucking skid across the driveway or like across the street like for like 200 yards and then it's like and this will happen to anime characters and they'll stand up and say things are getting interesting now yeah <laughs> like, go through it's buildings so true. and shit yeah that's very true it is definitely an anime thing um so he goes through these three buildings, but since he has no cursed energy, Goji, Gojo can't read his presence. So he can't rely on instinct alone because he's too fast. So he decides to follow the movement of that cursed spirit that was on his shoulders. I was like, that's a mistake immediately. He didn't do it, but I was like, he's just going to leave that thing like somewhere else and then stab you from a different mm-hmm. spot. But if you're right and that's how he gets his speed, then he would need it. Or if it I enhances his thing. speed. But yeah, he's got all, we see he's got another bag of tricks that solves that problem pretty quick. Yeah. So Gojo used curse technique amplification maximum output blue. And this thing is basically like a black hole that he can just move around at will. It just sucks things in and destroys whatever it touches and anything in its vicinity. Planetary devastation type shit. Yeah. He clears all the buildings around him, giving Fushiguro nowhere to hide and nowhere to launch surprise attacks. And then this is when Fushiguro pulls out his ace up the sleeve and releases thousands of fly heads, which are very low-ranking cursed spirits. They're basically just nuisances. Yeah. Um, Gojo, he goes to use blue again because he can't sense the presence of that other one because it's being hidden in the the mist of all these fly heads, but then he realizes like, oh shit, he's after Omni. So he decides to not do the blue. And then right when he goes to run, he realizes that he fell. I don't know if he realized he fell for a trap or he sent that blade. But yeah, that's what I right when, he decides, like, when he was like, oh shit, like Omni. And like within that split second, he was like, oh shit, like here he is. But yeah. It took his attention off crazy. just enough. And that's what, I think that's kind of what he alludes to. Like, Fushiguro was like, oh, he, he was still, you know, his instincts were still good enough to sense me, you know, even though it was too late. Yeah, this is what he says. I got it written down. He says, his intuition is keen enough to sense me empty handed. There's no way your six eyes would overlook the unusual cursed energy oozing from this cursed tool, though that finally got you to focus on defense with your technique. He stabs Gojo through the neck and then gruesomely pulls it down all the way to his waist like a zipper. 
Yeah, what a kill. Then he stabs Gojo four times in the leg, all between the waist and the knee. That shit's a vital uh, organ right there in the quad. Dude. Should bleed out real quick. I mean, hitting somebody in the neck and then just pulling it down all the way, dude, you're... And the crazy thing is, after this happens, he gets stabbed in the legs three, four times. Gojo tries to send out another blast of air, and Fushiguro dodges it, and then he kicks Gojo onto his back and stabs him one more time on the ground. Uh, Fushiguro says, The special grade curated tool, inverted spear of heaven. Its effect is the forced release of any active techniques. Oh, you think... He uh, says, says, I think I'm getting my edge back now. Maybe we have her in a heavenly pack through the Zenin girl because she used cursed tools. She used cursed tools, but I don't think that doesn't come. With, like, she had a heavenly pack. I didn't know she, she had was to make, just just stealing them bitches out of the inventory and using them. Yeah, because she just had natural physical like strength and through what? practice and grit. Yeah, I didn't know if he was similar and like you have a heavenly pact with like certain cursed tools. Like maybe that cursed no anybody tool can is, use cursed tool. I didn't know if that cursed tool was part of that curse. Or something, but go on. No, I don't think so because I think curse tools are just like anybody can use it, but only certain people have certain ones. Yeah, probably. I just didn't know. Just trying to connect something somewhere yeah. if possible. So he says, I think I'm getting my edge back now. And we get a look at Gojo. He's definitely dead. The life has left his eyes. There are flies crawling on my man's face, which yeah, is he's- like. He's dead as shit. Like, I can appreciate, like, a good assassin. <laughs> he's just, dead, dude. I, like, <laughs> just because, you know, even if, and like, a lot of other anime, like, even if, like, the person you expect not to lose loses, like, they would have just been, like, like, this man didn't leave a question whether or not, like, a human can live through it or not. Like, he didn't just, like, stab him or shoot him in the back and walk away. Like, he freaking disemboweled him, stabbed him in arteries. Like, if he didn't die that exact moment, like, he's dying within, like, 20 30 seconds from blood loss yeah the only thing he could have done tell, better is he, he went for the head that's it everything else yeah. like he was good he definitely wasn't going easy on gojo like he 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 was trying to kill amani and he knew he had to get through gojo first yeah that's what i was thinking too like he could have probably went for her but he knew like it's not gonna fucking matter if this guy just keeps coming after me so he was like I gotta kill him. If I want a chance to get her, like, he's gonna have to be dead. It was the weakest Gojo had ever been in basically his entire life. And he caught him with his pants around his ankles, if you will. Yeah. Which is, I mean, just, I was not expecting at all for Gojo to lose any fight in in this show. Like, it's crazy to me that, one, he lost the fight, and two, he just got killed. But as viewers, we know somehow he is alive. It's just, it's, it goes back to all the anime we watch. Like, it just conditions you. Like, uh, Tondro's going to beat these, you know, upper moons. Uh, I don't know what else. Just, like, they always come out on top. Like, there's never really, or even, like, with Mashley, you're like, uh, I mean, Mashley's not a, a great example, but I just feel like I'm watching so many shows where it's like, yeah, he's going to win. Yeah. Then, I mean, you expect it. This is, like, the most OP guy we know besides, like, Saitama for his universe. Mm-hmm. So obviously, we think he's gonna win. Maybe put this a good fight, you know, just to get pressured. But yeah, curveball for sure. Yeah, he was, and it almost part of me even seemed like it wasn't even the fact that he was worn down. It was 
it just seemed like he just straight up bested Gojo. Like well, it wasn't like his, Gojo was running low on, if on he had cursed his eye energy. Thing, I mean, if he would have had his, I think he was running low. I don't think he could use his infinite. Like it was like one of the only times where like his knife could get through. But also, I guess having the you know cursed weapon helped him get through. It looked like. Yeah, it did. The cursed weapon automatically uh, Got nullifies and deactivates any techniques that are active. Which is, I mean, it's just crazy. Yeah, that surely he would have known a tool like that exists, but he he straight up got bested. But I mean, yeah, it was the long it was the long game for sure. But this man knew what he was doing. If you got time to prep, he just went with the Batman route. Like, I'm just gonna <laughs> scheme this man out of existence, and he he did a pretty good job. Um, so now we go over to Ghetto, Rico Chan, and Kuroisan. Rico says goodbye to Kuroisan, very heartfelt. Um, they'll never see each other again. And then they arrive, Ghetto and Rico Chan, at Tengen Sama's territory, which is like a giant arena with millions of doors. It's a pretty nice lining little neighborhood, the too. <laughs> like, and everybody to live down there with him, like, there's just empty housing. There's just empty housing, man. Just a labyrinth. Ghetto says, this is the foundation of the nation's key barriers, the main hall of the tombs of the star. Once you descend the stairs, pass through the gate, and continue to the base of the big tree. Then you'll be inside the special barrier that separates from the barrier surrounding Jujutsu High. Only those invited are able to enter it. Tengen-sama will protect you until the assimilation. That, or we can turn back and go home to Kuroisan. How shocked were you when he said that shit? I was pretty shocked, but initially I was just like, is he just fucking with her to see like if she really, you know, if she really wants to do it? So I wasn't like right away like, oh, they, you know, they're going to go against it. I just kind of thought maybe he's just seeing like, I don't know, a little miniature test. Mm-hmm. But yeah, still, it's pretty shocking now. Dude, I was shocked. I was like, oh shit, this is a twist. He says, when our teacher told us about this mission, he called the assimilation erasing. He was trying to tell us to be aware of how heavy a sin that was. Our teacher may be a muscle brain, but he often does roundabout things. So Toru and I already talked it over before we met. This is when we get the flashback. Gojo's like, Ghetto says, what are we going to do if she refuses to assimilate? And Gojo says, then the assimilation's off. And Ghetto's like, we'll probably have to fight Tengen-sama. And Gojo's like, what, are you scared? We're the strongest, no matter what. We're the strongest anyways, blah, blah, blah. And then, back to the present, Ghetto tells her, we are the strongest. No matter what decision you make, we will guarantee your future. And then we get the... The ending song plays twice in this episode, so it plays all yeah, the way through. playing it. Yeah. <laughs> so Rico-chan, as the ending song is playing, this is what she says. I have always been special since the day I was born. Everyone kept telling me that I was different. Being special was normal to me, and I've always lived my life trying to avoid danger as much as possible for the sake of this day. Which basically says that she's known she was going to assimilate since the day she was born. I don't remember the day my mother and father died. I no longer feel sad or lonely about that. I figured everything would be fine even if I was taken away from everyone and assimilated. That no matter how hard it was, it would stop feeling sad and lonely one day. But honestly... I want to be with everyone longer. I want to go to all kinds of places with everyone. 
I want to see all kinds of things and do more. Ghetto holds out his hand, and he says, let's go home, Rico-chan. She's crying, wipes her tears, says, yeah, and goes to grab his hand. And out of freaking nowhere, because we all, all of us viewers completely forgot about Fushiguro at this point, she gets freaking shot in the head, the side of the head. Dead. Drops. She's got to be dead. Like, they ain't bringing her back. Oh, she's she's dead. For sure she's dead. It's funny because they just, they, I, like, the beach shit is kind of irrelevant. It really is. And the kayaking, it was all uh irrelevant, but. That's on the initial, or like while you're watching it, it seems that way. Like, ah, oh, it's just anime, you know. But then it's like, they did it all for this. It gave us just enough connection to her to be like, I don't know. And it made you feel like Gojo and them cared about her. Like, kind of brought her into the crew just enough to where this death matters. That's what the piano did to us. That Joe Joshi <laughs> shit. And then this little monologue with the ending song playing. It made you feel like, damn, this is cool. She's going she's gonna to get to go home. You forget that she's, you know, has a, a freaking bounty out for her. And when she got shot, I w- could not believe it. I was like, holy shit. I remember my first thought was, this is so dark. That was my first thought. And then yeah, my second thought is, too. what is Ghetto about to do? So she gets shot. Shigeru comes out of the darkness. He says, okay, job's done. You're free to go now. Ghetto is looking... That's why and, I also, yeah, that also made me think like, oh, he's in on it. Yeah, crossed my mind for a second too. Ghetto asks, why are you here? Meaning like, if you're here, where the fuck is Gojo? And Fushiguro says, because he doesn't get why he's asking yet, he says, why? Oh, that's what you mean. And then he smiles and says, because I killed Gojo Satoru. So Ghetto, he gets real fucking pissed. He says, is that so? He summons Aaron Yeager and the dragon from Never Ending Story, and then he yells, die. So there's a, there's a fucking fight about to happen. And uh, they play the ending song for the second time this episode. Man, it's just like... What's the deal with Gojo? Is he a ghost? Like, I'm very interested to see, like, does he get brought back to life? Does he merge with Tengen and he's immortal now? Does fucking so here's the thing. Ghetto maybe, give up a cursed spirit to embody maybe him. Maybe Gojo, maybe Gojo becomes a cursed spirit because people fear feared him. I don't know. Somehow, somehow he comes back to life, and it can't. If it's just that, like Shoko shows up on scene and like uses reverse cursed energy to heal him, like to me that's kind of bullshit like it needs to be some like divine I power be, i want it to be like some dark like forbidden magic type shit like he's not like i hope it, it is like his presence in the world is like not good basically like in the all current times like he should never be alive type shit uh-huh like i don't want it to yeah definitely not just like medical ninjutsu shows up and cures him and not like he's blessed like this shit better be like some dark ritual that they shouldn't perform but they do anyways and maybe that's what and Ghetto maybe does. Maybe Ghetto does, yeah. And that's why he's like banished. But then it's like, why would he be fighting him? Maybe Gojo doesn't remember. It's, I mean, it's going to be interesting for sure. And they better, it better be resolved next episode. Like, I'll be pissed if they like cut and then it's back to modern times and we watch like some Itadori shit. And then like next season they finally <laughs> circle back. Like, I'll be pissed. 
I know this shit is like so intriguing because it could also be that Gojo. So what if Ghetto arranges somehow to like give up his life to save Gojo and like you said some dark, yeah, dark like cursed that. energy I'm magic. Cool. Yeah, like he gives himself to a, a cursed spirit for Gojo, and uh-huh. that's why he's like it's not the real Ghetto anymore. Or technically, he assimilates yeah. with some cursed spirit. I mean, there's endless possibilities for sure, and I, it just with everything that the show's done so far and what they did this episode, like. It doesn't seem like they would just save him, you know, like medically. No, it doesn't make it. It wouldn't make sense. Like he, there, there, we're certain that Gojo was killed in this episode. He is dead. Cause we know Fushiguro from what, what little we know of him, he would not have left him there alive. He killed his ass. He's dead. We also know that Riko Chan is dead. So the assimilation's not happening. So Tengen-san was going to evolve. We also know Ghetto currently appears to be a good guy, but in the future, and I think it's only literally five years from now, he is literally leading the worst cursed spirits to fight against the sorcerers. So, in the next two episodes, because the Gojo prequel arc is only five, so next week oh, is, is episode it five? four. I it's it only five. Four. I thought it was four. So we have two episodes for them to tell us. So they're definitely not going to tell us next episode. But Yeah, we have two episodes to find out what the hell's going on with Gojo and Ghetto and what the hell's going to happen to Tengen-sama. I was really hoping we were going to see Tengen-sama, honestly. I want to know what this dude looks like that's like thousands of years old. But... It's also curious that the principal, or he, I guess he's not the principal yet, um, he basic he had to have known Gojo and Ghetto would come to this conclusion of not making her do it, which also was like, Jujutsu High is kind of just like a free-for-all. It's, I mean, just do whatever the fuck you want, I guess. I mean, yeah, just everybody's scheming to like, not really gain power, but everyone's got their own agenda. Even now, mm-hmm. really, like with Gojo in you know season one, like he's willing to go against shit if he has to, basically. Yep, it's freaking crazy, but definitely the best episode this season. Um, yeah, it really. It makes the really ending song got the. Uh, I don't know. Picked up the season. I mean, season episode two was good. I said like on our season one or episode one review, like. I just felt like I wasn't into it, like, the way they started it with the characters, but mm-hmm. they've, they've made up for that easily. Yeah, the the ending song hit a little bit different this week, knowing that, like, oh, it's, like, kind of a sad somber because Gojo's dead. <laughs> yeah, I've been listening to the ending song a lot. It's freaking good. And the, the, the well, opening song is... Yeah, the opening is freaking... Yeah, I might... I don't know if it's my favorite one, but... I just like, the, I like upbeat anime openings, like, where it's, like, I mean, like, yeah, I like the Tokyo Ghouls, you know, but I don't always <laughs> like the sad ones. Like, a lot of my favorite ones are, like, the more upbeats, like, even, like, the animation at the beginning, so mm-hmm. I, I do like this one a lot. I've been listening to it on Spotify, and then it always goes right to the ending after, so I've been listening to it a lot, too. <laughs> yeah, shit's good. Well, that's it for this episode. Do you have anything else you want to add? No, Any other highlights or things we didn't mention? No, just uh, listen next week and 
I guess watch Zom 100 because we'll probably just do a little spoiler talk each week before just because because we can because why the hell not yeah a little something something yeah tell everybody you know that watches Jujutsu Kaisen that we got we got a good podcast going on here that's covering weekly um tell them to follow us weekly like us on Spotify and Apple Podcasts give us those five star reviews but I'm Jordo Brennan we are the Evans Bros, also known as the Casual Anime Fanatics. Thank you, everyone, for listening. Have a great week. And as always, peace out. Peace out.